Welcome. This is the second interview on Web Payload, and today's guest is a hugely experienced consultant and based in Ireland. It's Jerry McGovern. Welcome, Jerry. Uh, thanks very much, John. Yep. Can you just tell us a little a bit about your career and some of your other interests? Um, I've been involved in the internet since about 1994, quite quite early on. I, I came across it. Um, actually, as a journalist doing research on sources that journalists used for putting articles and uh, research together. And, and it just seemed like this amazing um, environment that was going to change the world. So one way or another, I just, you know, became full time involved in it and focused on it and trying to understand it and see how it would work. So it's been a it's been a long but very interesting uh, journey. Some some ups and downs, but uh, you know it's, it was it's it's been very exciting to be there from pretty close to the beginning and see see how it has evolved. Yeah, I guess have you any other interests outside of outside I, of work? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have. Um, I I used to be involved in music and still am to to some degree. Uh, so um that's that's probably biggest area and i i just like to to read a lot as well i read a lot of history and and and, and books like that so have have other focuses as well yeah fantastic okay so one of your areas of expertise yeah. is in top tasks and can you just describe what your top tasks are and why do they matter so much well it's it's around that in any environment um there's a small set of things that are hugely important. And then there's a lot of peripheral things, uh, smaller level things. Uh, sometimes I call those uh, the tiny tasks. And that if, if an environment, whether it's a piece of software or uh, a website, uh, wants to work really efficiently, it has to clearly understand and simplify the most important things and make those easiest to do because if you don't get those right uh everything else will a kind of uh, uh fall apart it's like a, a hotel website very quickly understands that a top task is to to book a bedroom and uh an airline website is to book a flight and many organizations they feel well they don't have those sorts of tasks but we've been doing it since, as I said, 1994 and focusing on these sorts of issues. And I've never met an organization, whether it's a university or, or a bank or, or an intranet that, that doesn't have a small set of really important tasks. And those need to be clearly understood and, and properly managed. Yeah, great. Um, certainly are important. So how would you go about finding out what the top tasks are on a website? Well, we've we've come up with a, a process which is outlined in, in the book, The Stranger's Long Neck, about initially drawing up a, a list of all the potential tasks. So carefully going through an exercise where you seek to identify all the possible things that somebody uh, might want to do. Uh, so if if you were we, we've done a lot of work with Cisco, so there'd be 
tasks like download software, configuration, installation, deployment, pricing, uh, uh, returning a product or, or making a, a, a support request. So really defining all the type of things that, that people would want to do. In a university, it would be finding out about, about courses or lectures or, or times or course materials or, uh, the, the background on the university in a, if you're living in a, a city, it would be about, you know, rubbish collection and, and libraries and, and leisure activities and, and roads and, and faults and stuff like that. So things that, that matter, people come to websites to do things. So we'd carefully develop that list of tasks. And then we've a method where we ask people to quickly vote on that list. That list, usually we keep it under a hundred. Uh, typically now it's between somewhere in 60 and 80 in the list. And people are asked to vote very quickly uh, on the list and choose the five most important tasks to them. Um, and what happens in, we've done it about 400 times, is that you get a pattern. Typically uh, the top five tasks will get as much of the vote as the bottom 50 tasks. So, so five or so tasks really begin to stand out and get a huge quantity of the vote. And these are what are the top tasks. And then these should be focused on and make sure that they're easiest to find and easiest to do because they've, they've got the biggest impact on customer satisfaction and the, the customer being able to do what they need to do on the website. Yeah, great. Talked a lot about kind of bigger sites that you'll be working on. I guess that top tasks matter on sites of all sizes, but on a smaller site, um, I'm guessing it's just going to be there are going to be less tasks to deal with. Is that right? There'll be less tasks. So maybe the top task is only one or two instead of in a very big website. It might be eight to ten. Uh, so there might be a smaller set of top tasks in a smaller website, but there's always really critical uh, tasks uh, that that a customer is interested in in completing and that become the key way that they judge the website and whether they want to use it more or you know in many situations you know people will come to a website and if it doesn't meet their immediate expectations they leave within five or ten seconds and that's often connected with the top task if the thing that they feel is the most important thing they want to do on the website is not immediately visible and easy to do. They, they make that snap judgment about the website and, and uh, many will leave. Yeah, great. Um, so I guess it's, it's like a, a kind of focus thing and you're obviously going to focus on the top task, but you're not talking about omitting or are you talking about omitting a lot of the other stuff or how does these other less uh, known and less used tasks fit into that? Well, it's it's down to a couple of things, time and attention and findability. What we, we find a lot of times uh, is that the, the tiny tasks get in the way of the top tasks and, and the findability. So, so you identify your top tasks and then the next question is how well are they performing? And uh, our method of doing that is more a time and motion study approach where we take a sample like with Cisco, we take a sample of engineers, about 15 to 20, and we give them examples of the top tasks like, you know, download the latest firmware for the RV over to router. 
and we see how well are they performing, how able are they to do those tasks. And what we often find is that tiny task content gets in the way in the search results or gets in the way in the navigation. So this other content is often disrupting the flow or the journey of the top task. And where that is occurring, that that content needs to be removed out of the flow of uh, the the top task. And sometimes that means deletion and sometimes it means it uh, delinking it and sometimes it means in deprioritizing it in search results. But the core thing is to focus on the top task and, and the most efficient journey to complete that and make sure nothing is getting in the way of that journey. Yeah, great. So I guess there's a little bit of analogy, but on there, for instance, when you're checking out on Amazon, they pretty much remove everything else, and it's the same kind of idea what you're talking there, I guess. It's just to really focus on what the, what the user is trying to do. Yeah, because every time you add, you, you complicate, and if you complicate, you risk the uh, losing the customer, confusing them, them not completing their task. And if they don't complete their task, you know, th- those top tasks, you know, they're not, they're not satisfied and you're not satisfied either because, you know, they didn't either buy the product or do do that really important thing that they came to the website to do. Yeah, fantastic. So as well as top tasks on websites, what are some other important areas to focus on? Well, the whole world, you know, if you... We, we tend to orient a kind of everything around what people are trying to do. And then you've got all, you know, contributing issues towards the success or the failure of, the, of these tasks. Like the, the number one contributor to failure in, in tasks we find is confusing menus and links. So the, the basic information architecture of the website we find is even more important than say search although search of courses is very important but you know we tend to orient around what people are trying to do and then everything either helps or doesn't help that so you know in a mobile environment people are even more task focused so often mobile needs to be even more simplified and cleaner and faster downloading because of you know people you know, often not having as as good a bandwidth in a mobile environment. So we tend to orient everything around what customers are trying to do. And a design either supports that or it doesn't support that. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, I think the the mobile thing is pretty interesting. It's just with a little screen, it just allows you to absolutely focus on what's important. And Brad Frost was on last week, and we talked a little bit about that, about just removing things. And uh, We talked a little bit about a mega menu with 17 menus, and then how do you get that into mobile? And it's just a case of removing this, and there's other ways as well. But it's um, the great thing about mobile that really allows us to focus, which is yeah. good. So, I mean, how does um, top tasks fit into user experience? It sounds like it can goes hand in hand. Is that right? It does, yeah, because it's a kind of giving the user experience manager a focus of what is the most important user experience you know what is what where where is the most important experience well the most important experience is the most important thing 
that the customer wants to do with you, that the the highest number of customers want to do with you. So if there's a there's a, a huge demand for a certain thing on your website and people want to do it again and again, well, that's the place that you focus on on having the best experience. There's no point in having a great experience for something that only a tiny quantity of people want to do with you when uh, the area where people constantly want to complete a task has a bad experience. So the, the top task approach, it gives you that clarity of where to actually focus uh, your research and your energies in improving the customer experience. Yeah, absolutely. So in your book, uh, The Stranger's Long Net, you describe how our boardroom were arguing over the colour of blue when their sight and their navigation were absolutely awful. Have you any other similar examples of that? And how do you get clients to focus on the most important things about their business and their website? There's lots of examples, John. I mean, often, you know, boardrooms or whatever will will get focused on, on buying a new technology or buying a a content management system or they'll get focused on on mobile or on you know latest gadgets or or magical uh, solutions and they'll they'll get focused very much on the the mechanics or the the inputs of the environment and i think a lot of it is down to bringing in appropriate metrics a lot of times the metrics that are fed are volume based you know, based on visitors or pages or, or or time on on site, which may or may not be a good thing. In some environments, it's it's a good thing, but in other environments, it reflects, you know, a confusing uh, environment. And I think it's it's really uh, delivering to management a different type of metrics, which focus on the the success of the customer, the ability of the customer to complete a task. We talk to management a lot about success rates and time on task and about reducing time on task for for customers. So I think it's part of it is down to changing the type of uh, metrics that are given to management and get them thinking differently, thinking about the the satisfaction of their customers, the experience of their customers and the ability of their customers to do the things that they need to do and feeding those sorts of metrics to them regularly, often in the shape of of short videos and and showing we say, hey, here's three customers that fail at at point X and they're typical of thousands of customers on the website and regularly bringing that sort of data to management. I can, can avoid those those conversations about whether it should be blue or green. Yeah. So have you worked on many ad uh, websites with like adverts? I mean, how how are they going to fit in into tasks? I guess <laughs> the best thing to do would be to remove them, but their business models might be affected. How, how would that work? Well, I would I, I would hate to be uh, a website that's depending on advertising. Yeah. You know, it's it's been you know it's been a losing model uh, since uh, the mid nineties. Uh, I think. Other than, of course, the great exception is 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 Google, but but Google, you know, behaves differently. You never see, you know, you, you've never seen a banner ad on the homepage of Google, and I don't think you you ever will. You've never seen a huge 
huge big uh, uh, graphic advertising Ford cars. You know, Google wait, you know, as do all good advertisers today until the the person has done something uh, as as a kind of shown their hand, so to speak, and shown what they're interested in. So you don't get any ads in Google until you've searched for, you know, cheap flight to Glasgow. And then you get you, you get search results and ads connected with, you know, EasyJet or Ryanair or, or Aer Lingus or British Airways flying to Glasgow. And those things no longer feel like ads. They feel like supporting content. So I think that that is, you know, where the, the really successful organizations, they, they wait for the customer. In a way, the customer becomes the advertiser by articulating what they're interested in. And then the website responds to that uh, uh, by by saying, oh, you've you've said you really want, um, you know, um, so so Toyota cars. Well, here's here's a list of Toyota cars for sale within 30 kilometers of your of, of where you live. You know, that doesn't sound like advertising anymore. That sounds like being useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, the the advert thing is, is certainly interesting, but you a good point there. Um, so talking about your your books, you've published a few. Have you any other in the pipeline? Not at the moment. I've I've published five at this stage, and we're kind of taking a bit of a rest. I think the the last one is where, you know, the stranger's long neck. You know, it, it goes into detail about how to identify and measure these tasks, and that's most of what we do in our, you know, consultancy at the moment. That's the, you know, that's the core area of business. So we, we see that actually growing um, year on year. So. You know, I'm going to continue focused on that space for a while to come. Yeah, fantastic. So we're talking about focus and top tasks. And can you just go into a little bit about what reverse marketing is and why it's so powerful and useful? Well, it's a little bit like what I was talking about uh, a few minutes ago, John, about how, you know, the, the, the customer is now the advertiser. The customer, in a way, is the marketer. And that's the way you need to think that you go on the journey with the customer rather than than uh, send the customer on your journey. That uh, in a way, when you go, when you search on the web, you're essentially advertising. You, you're putting uh, a couple of words uh, like, uh, you know, hotels, New York. That, in essence, is your advertising saying that you want to stay in a hotel in New York. And then the New York hotels are supposed to respond to you saying, hey, you know, oh, you're coming on this date. Here's here's some great offers that that we've got to you. So in a way, the the customer in the web environment is much more the marketer. And if you see it in social media and stuff like that, you know, and, and, and the whole ratings and reviews, it's essentially customers behaving as marketers of the products and services that they like. So it's a kind of a new way of thinking about marketing in reverse, that it is the customer now who is doing the marketing and the advertising and the organizations who need to facilitate or respond to uh, that marketing and advertising that the customer is doing. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of a, it sounds it reverses things very very powerful. So um, all the guests are going to get asked this, <laughs> and it's what's something that you've learned from a recent project. Well, it it is to uh, you know stay stay at things. You know, don't if you think if you think something is uh, the right thing to do, you know, stick at it. I've been working with one. Uh, large client for almost six or seven years and uh, more just presenting to them and doing workshops and talks about you know uh, the the top task approach and it seemed like you know it wasn't really going anywhere and I'd go back maybe once a year for a chat or a talk and you know uh, uh, things seemed to go backwards at some stages but then just recently uh, they they really decided they would embrace uh, the the approach and, and things are now beginning to move quite quickly and positively. But it was a long, long <laughs> process. And, and I think, you know, that you know, oftentimes we, we think that things change so quickly and all these new technologies, but often organizations don't change that quickly at all. They take quite a, a length of time to really understand and and uh, adapt to um you know the new environment so i think uh, you know if you if you think something is the right thing uh, to do uh you know it'll still probably be the right thing in two or three years and you know have the strength of your your convictions and and stick at ideas that's you know a lot of you know why i've achieved whatever i have achieved is has been has been focus and and staying the distance yeah Brilliant. So, Jay, that's uh, fantastic. We've covered uh, a lot of stuff about top tasks in there. Um, how do people keep up with you, Jerry? Well, th- there's a couple of ways, John. There's a, a, a Twitter feed, which is at uh, Jerry McGovern. Then there's there's um, a weekly newsletter uh, that I um, write that comes out on a Sunday and you can subscribe to that on, on customercarewords.com um, and they're, they're the, the two main ways through, through Twitter and, and the weekly newsletter Right, that's, uh, that's pretty much it Thank you very, very much, Jerry Very much appreciated Okay, thanks very much, John Thank you